Howdy folks, howdy folks. Back at This Life Ain't For Everybody podcast, Where the Pavement Ends, under the family brand of This Life Ain't For Everybody. But Where the Pavement Ends, back again with Uncle Mel and Brother Clint. No Alex again. He's uh, knee deep in horse shit down at the Reno Rodeo Grounds. Reno Rodeo's going on for the next two weeks, and uh, Alex and his family are a big part of that, so he's away from here for a little bit but gotta sell some of that ice cream ice cream yeah, good, good ice, ice cream. cream that tahoe creamery stuff yeah, that's good stuff i don't understand why they keep making new ones you have blueberry it's all you need have you tasted the new butter pecan i've heard about it I oh have my not god tasted it. but i'm sure once <laughs> i taste it i'll realize why they did it butter pecan is so so good anyway well, you got to have the new flavors for the new kids, you know. I can, I don't, I probably could, but <laughs> every time we talk about ice cream, I t- think about Cecil. Had a quart of ice cream, watch that box, <laughs> eat the whole thing. He looked down, it was gone. <laughs> oh, big daddy. Burned calories, too. That's he right. Was, he was in the, the punches. <laughs> uh, he had to move, didn't he? Well, this podcast is brought to you again by Meet, Meet Your Maker. They are awesome partners here and make processing your meat, fish, domestic animals, vegetables, buying in bulk from the grocery stores, your garden, preserve it, vacuum seal it, freeze it. They have everything that you need to live that provided lifestyle. And we appreciate their support here. They're awesome to work with. And... I use it a lot. I'm using. I garden is starting to kick off, and I've already dehydrated and have made um, onion, powder dried out onions and chives and a whole bunch of stuff, and made a bunch of onion powder and chive powder and pepper powder already this year. I've had, um, I've had a few strawberries. My bell peppers are doing good. Yeah, I had a bell pepper last Got night. Got some tomatoes coming. Yeah. Uh, garden's going off and i plant a lot more than you so i need that well yeah exactly <laughs> for, for you have more than i do what are you saying yeah <laughs> it's got a, if it grows we're gonna eat it right That's right Clint, so Clint, where does the where does this dehy- are you talking about dehydrating onions yeah dry them out grind them up in a pestle like the old indians used to do dry it to fine powder Use it in soups. And then you're you're putting them in a package and sealing them? What are you doing with it? Putting them in little glass containers, sealed. Mm. And then... I just wondered what the connection was with with meat. I was like, what did you... They're dehydrator. Oh, so that's what I'm saying. So they have You put fresh vegetables in there, dehydrate them, dry them out completely. Gotcha. And then grind them up and make a powder out of them. Then you can use that powder on anything you want. In anything you want. Very good way to preserve it. So the dehydrator, it. you just it's just an on and off button, or do on you and set off, it for a time, time and temperature? Oh, and on off time and temperature, and that's so it, specific a, to different whatever you're dehydrating. Fruits, meats, yeah. whatever it is, they have a Water booklet content, that um, gives you a general idea. But obviously, there's going to be a little bit variation on that. Just take it out, fill if it's completely dry, if it's any bit of moisture left, or you can still bend it without it cracking, you know, breaking. Put it back in for a couple more hours. And, I mean, it's only cooking it like it. I mean, it goes from like 97 degrees up to like 150 is 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 what it is. It's not a slow dehydrate. Have you roasted any of them peppers on the Traeger and oh yeah, ground them up? 
Pretty good stuff awesome. with black pepper, huh? Yeah, that's a. I love them. I love them. Love them. Love them. So, what do you want to talk about today? Well, our this topic, I was thinking, you're not necessarily gonna be able to use your meat products for the topic that we're talking about because you can't have horn soup. But <laughs> I'd love to pick Uncle Mel's brain. We've talked about it in the past, and uh, you can always learn more. And I think an area that's it's always been intriguing to me. Um, just about every part of hunting is intriguing, but becoming better and better and i don't think you can ever get to anywhere near an expert level when it comes to field judging big game animals i think uh i mean there's so much skill and practice and art and intuition and all you know past experiences and all the different stuff that makes you a good hunter but field judging is i kind of almost put it in its own category obviously you need to be out in the in the mountains a lot you need to see a lot of animals you need to be able to see animals that you know what the score of them is on a wall after the taxidermist is done with them uh, and have all those different experiences wrapped together. I just think, to me, it's one of the more intriguing aspects of big game hunting. And we have the guy in the room right now that, um, you know, if you want to kind of talk about upper level being able to do stuff, so why not glean some more information? So field judging, I thought we'd break it down into, you know, pretty much the main animals. Deer antelope, elk sheep? Pronghorn antelope, mule deer whitetail probably just extrapolates off of that of course rocky mountain elk and and uh any of the any of the bighorn animals i guess i guess we're gonna go desert bighorn but i imagine the same rules apply just kind of break them down and just you know just different stuff you know different things that you use out in the field uh, that that are similar to stuff you've read that other guys have done because i'm i'm sure that's where a lot of information comes it comes from those type of sources and then you got your own little things that you've maybe maybe learned uh yeah i Let's start with let's start with antelope. Let's go with antelope. Pronghorn um, antelope. I haven't I haven't been in the the Facebook and uh, guesses. Uh, there's a couple sheep that guys that several of us that you know will throw a sheep up there and they'll you know what is the score and people talk about what they do with sheep. But with antelope, I think you know you you want to use you want to use the parts of the animal that is on that animal to gauging by. So what do we know uh, about an antelope? Um, now, we're going to have to talk averages here. When we, when we get into sheep, it's going to, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about mini heads. But let's just talk about the average antelope. Um, his ear is five and a half inches long on the average, right? <clears throat> but uh, now don't make the mistake that, that you start that measurement at the tip of his ear well there's five and a half on his on his horn right it's it's not it's half of that because the ear on an antelope lays it's much below the base of the horn right so you're just going to take half of that at first and then going to say okay maybe i don't want to go five and a half maybe i'll just be conservative and go five so how many ears long is he and start stacking those ears another one uh, a lot of people want that 15-inch antelope um, minimum. So what is 15 inches on an antelope? It just happens to be from when you're looking at his silhouette, from the tip of his nose to the back of his head is about 15 inches. So, okay, I know that's 15. Now, this antelope might go straight up and curl back. He might curl forward. He might curl in. So it's really important to be able to see 
all angles on him again. The profile is one thing, but you need him dead on looking, um, especially with prongs. You know, you get a prong that's cupped in, and you're looking at this animal, at, this antelope at, at, say, 300 yards, and, and he's cupped in. He curls these prongs in. You're going to look at that because all you're seeing is like Not three short. and a half, four. Oh, yeah. he's got little short. prongs. But now he turns and he looks at you, and you see he's curled in, and you can see that curl. My God, he's two inches inside of the inside of his horn. You know, he's got some length to him. And it's the same as one that's flared out. When they flare out, you can, you're only seeing that profile. So you, when you look at him dead on, you can see he's flared out past his horns. So it, it's important to see that you, you have those, those profiles. That's important. And then, you know, you look at an eye. Um, we, we say that's two and a quarter inches. Are you looking eye or the black eye We're patch? looking at the eye, the whole, the whole thing that you see. And at 300 yards, you know, so that's two and a quarter inches. So you, the magic sevens is where you want to be. 17, seven-inch bases, seven-inch seconds, seven-inch prongs. Now you're talking a mid-80-inch antelope or better. Okay, you need to get those magic sevens. So, well, and I've also heard it take your third and fourths and add them up to seven, two. First, three. yeah, four and a half and two and a half. Yeah. You know, you get yeah. something four and a half inches above that prong. Yeah. It's, it's there. And it, so your magic sevens is what you're looking at. So, and a 16, 16 and a half inch antelope is certainly going to be there too. But 17 inch antelope, in my opinion, are rare. Uh, you know, they're just not out there all the time. Yeah. So you need a lot of mass. Mass. And so how, do you, a- how do you judge the mass? We'll use that eye at two and a quarter. So now, you know, take his eye and move it up on the horn and say, well, wow, the, his base is a lot bigger than his eye. So you know you've got two and a half there. You know you've got two and a half on the other side. That's five. And now he turns out and he looks and, oh, shit, he's a baseball bat. You know, he's round. Well, he's going to be one seven-inch antelope. There, 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 there's your seven-inch antelope. But if he's pretty thin, well, he might be six, six and a half. He might be, but, you know, when you get that eyeball in there and it's, and and the base of his horns are less than his eye, you're probably better off just to pass by, take a look at something else. Even if he is 18 inches long, that stuff. Yeah, exactly. What's more important on antelope, length or mass? Mass. You get four mass measurements, you only get one, but 17 inches, 16 inches, that's that's a lot for that to make. And do you want to prong, uh, obviously, above the ear, the taller, the, do you like high prongs, do you like low prongs? Because you get four mass measurements divided, for people who don't Link know the how, horn divided divide, by four. Yeah, so for people who don't know how to measure an antelope or have never hunted them, you take the length of your shortest horn, correct? Longest horn. Longest horn? Is that Long. the shortest horn? Okay, so longest Long. horn divided by four, and then those you those go are up your from the base. Yeah, those are your bases, and so then you want two below the prong. Two below the prong, you get the length, and then you get the length from the back of the you know this the back of the horn to the, the center from cut the side no. of the horn. No, for your prong. From your prong, you, for your what, prong, what, it's it's a pretty it, it's one of the most difficult measurements in yeah. an antelope, and what it is is you take a straight edge on the back of the horn, a steel ruler or a wood ruler, and where it hits the back of that horn, 
that's where you start your prong measurement. Mm-hmm. So you get some of those antelope that are oblong and their their high points are closer to the inside of their head, you're gonna your your prong length it increases. So um, you know, there's been a lot of thing changes, you know, changes made. Now you just if you've got it used to be um, if you had a little points little cheater stick in there that was right on one of your quarter measurements, you know, you had to you had to go directly above that. Above it. But but now okay. above, yes. Yeah. And now you go around it the best you can. You know, which it's all animal. Um, personally, I, I I think it should all be done by water displacement. I was just going to say it's because um, it is. There are certain I've never liked the you know skip it over to mule deer because they're you know to well, me even an elk a, a measurement shouldn't penalize the way a score works right like. You know, I, I've never really actually honestly understood like something like that. Why not go below it? You know, because obviously yeah. you go above that little sticker, less, you're going to lose. Less you're measurement. Lose, yeah. And, and to be and honest a deer, with you, you get, you get, it's the narrowest point between the tines. Yeah. Why? Yeah, I get well, that it swells here and there, but it's like you're, you're actually, I mean, being they can have this big, thick horn, but for some reason, there's just this, you know, one little narrow spot. And that's the one you got to take. So I don't know. I just, some of the rules kind of just make I think you scratch you're your talking about it. They grow it, they grow it. It's either water displacement, let it, whatever. Let it, it have it. Yeah. Give, give, give that. My only argument with that is like animal. a big old, you know, cactus buck and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, there's something, in my opinion, there's something to say. We we're skipping. We got to skip to a different animal. You know, a mule deer, a beautiful, long tined, heavy, everything that makes a bit. But you know, mass doesn't. Water weight wouldn't account for that. They grew the horn. I get what you're saying. I get, but there's something to say. About, well, the, the thicker know, it is and the, the taller it is, the more water it's going to displace. I mean, here's the deal. I, well, we should talk about this during elk, but um, we can skip. You know, right. why fine. is it that an elk has width? And and you get to score it. I mean, look look at look at your you know look at my daughter's uh, elk. I know. I mean, you're talking a you're talking a a 388 inch elk. That's a giant, but still, it's only it only 36 inches wide. Now, what if what if it'd been normal and been 43 or 44? Sure. You know, you you, we're just the measurement itself. Mark, I I I heard I heard it said best. you're, You're scoring air. You know, oh, it, would, yeah. it would hold true for the mule deer too. An inside spread, you're scoring air. Yeah. So if we're talking about you know your water displacement and the thickness of a horn, you and know, in those it's animals, all gonna, it's all going to displace an, more a water. Because antelope, there's no you don't have a width measurement nope. or anything. So mule deer and elk, not yeah. sheep either, right? You get this inside spread measurement. You're measuring air, which you kind of think about that concept. It's like that's we, stupid. It used <laughs> to be that way with antelope. It used to be. If the antelope was wider than he was tall, yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah, was sure. a deduction. Yep, yeah. I remember and that. there's several antelope, especially up in, in 012, in the northern part of 012. They used to just get super, super wide. And you're looking, truly, uh, uh, Sergio Checchi, um, his antelope was 23 inches wide or something, and he still scored in the low 80s. Now, with the if you, yeah, with the deduction of how wide he was. Huh. So, you know, you take that into account today where you, you don't have to do that anymore. You know, that antelope is a 90-inch antelope. Um, it's the same, uh, you know, sheep. We used to take off because one horn's 35 and one horn's 33. You used to take that two off. Well, you don't do that anymore. I mean, it's, it's natural for an animal 
to, to broom for a sheep. It shouldn't should have never been a deduction, but it was. So there's some things that you, so, know, you, you talk about, and to me, it, a lot of it just doesn't make any sense. But with antelope, I think you've got... I think you've got the ear, go ahead and figure it at five and a half, you're pretty conservative that way. Figure your eye at two and a quarter, and that's what you're gonna see. You're gonna see black. You're not gonna see the white of the eye. You're just taking that, if you're out there three, 400 yards, and and putting it on his horn and say, oh, he's, he's less, nah, we're not gonna take a look. Well, he's about the same, let's, let's take a little closer look. But he's over on both sides, that takes another look. And then that, that ear laying him back, and Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that front view, um, again, like with the prongs, on, on the length of a horn, I mean, he might curl inside for six for six inches, you know. You look at some of those circles and you think, you know, you think, same with sheep, you think baseballs, volleyballs, and softballs. And, you know, you look at an antelope and you say, can I get a baseball in there? Ah, well, he's only got three and a half inches of curl. Well, can I get a softball in there? Oh, he's got a lot more curl than I think. So, you, you know, there's things that go through people's head, and you talk to people how they, you know, what they're what they're looking at, and uh, you know, we use different ways to gauge them. But it's pretty it's pretty solid with an antelope. You're that eye length of head and the length of that ear. It's pretty I mean, solid. With Clint, oh, you're talking about with Clint's antelope. We thought he was. 78, 80 inches. They passed on him a couple times even. And then they finally saw the curl one day or whatever the it was. Backwards the backwards like curl. backwards curl. Like a devil's curl, I call it. You, would never, a, it you would never see it until you would never see it. It's a 90-degree you got to see the view. And yeah. it was four the inches. The only way you would have I mean, seen was, that curl is if you were, like, above him. Yeah. Like, that's uh, really the only way you really would actually in, see and that. And then back. Straight back. And you would never it, – it gave him four inches. Right. Oh, exactly. It's a, it's How about before we get off of antelope? Because this is always because everything that you said is you know definitely definitely high level knowledge. Um, this antelope, if if any of us out there have hunted antelope, three hundred yards, you're in pretty close. So they're out there quite a ways, and where we're seeing them in the country they live in, you're dealing with heat waves, right? You get your you, you get your optics up, and it, it's pretty hard to see an eye it's pretty hard to see an eye patch all that kind of stuff so what i just what's your general rules you're a long ways off to the point where potentially heat waves are an issue what's going to make you want to get a closer look at an at a pronghorn antelope in general so you're talking in my mind you're talking kind of the specifics of field judging mm-hmm. is there something that you see let's say you see three bucks together you can compare them obviously but what's and let's just, for that matter, say you only see but one buck. What makes yeah. you want to get a better look? You think he's good versus I know he's not good. And they're 500, 600, 700 yards away, 100 yards away, and you have heat waves to deal with. You have some challenges from the standpoint of what you're looking at. Is there something that you go with that, that tells you that it's a good, mature buck? I, I think, you know, something needs to be said is when you see the big one, it looks like a smokestack, you know. It, it, it's just black. A lot of black. It's just okay, just that, that's black. what I'm getting at. So a lot but, of so black. So when you go, when, when like when you're talking about, it, it's like taking the pass on the 25 mile an hour wind shot. You just get in closer if you can, or wait for a different time. Heat waves are impossible to deal with. It, with me, I, I I'd rather not. You know, and I'm. You know, I've got some very, very nice antelope on the wall, and, and I, I don't want to take anything 
you know, smaller than that anymore. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just take it another day. I'll take it another time. And I think, you know, something that, that I've read up on and people have, have, have shared with me is a, a tip in that same line is if they are far enough out there where you can't account for that, and Clay mentioned it earlier, you know, if you can see their prong above their ear, generally speaking, you should probably get a little bit closer and really find out what they are. If you can get distinctly see that their prong is below their ear, they're probably not a mature, big antelope. Would you agree, disagree? Is that it's something that something you, you generally uh, take into account? Yeah, uh, it just depends on how high that prong you're talking about. I don't like that prong pushed way and, up. And that's what I'm saying is that you may not be able to, because of the heat waves, you may not be able to really get a gauge. Yeah, you see a lot of black, which mass just is very important, close. but you can't tell... You can't tell how long their horn is. Well, if they, if you can definitely see that that prong, which you know is going to be a little bit more visible than than other parts of the horn, if it's below the ear, you know, if they're if they're side profile to you and they're they're standing at attention and their prong is below the level of the tip of their ear, more often than not, bottom of prong, they're not a huge. Top of the prong, top, top of the, the prong, prong, below yeah. the ear. You're, yeah. you're probably talking. That's again, a no-go. I'm saying, yeah, know. it's basically a no-go, right? It's like right. that's the, you know, and there's other things you look at. I mean, obviously, if there was some does or with some other bucks, and you see this big-bodied buck, you know, it's at least a big, mature yeah. pronghorn. But yeah, that's what, that's all I wanted to get out was if there was anything else that you in that scenario where you couldn't judge an eyeball. I think the only thing get in closer if you can. If you, you sure, know, if, but if, that's what I'm saying. If Sometimes he, if he's he something that's got you curious get in closer yeah and and a, and a prong a top of a prong above a, above an ear a lot below, of black below the the lowest part of the prong above the ear and a lot of black yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, very much worthwhile going after him i mean he still may not be you know what you're looking for as far as maybe if you're really getting after you know mid to mid 80 type of but he's going to be something to definitely want to get a closer look at so right let's um let's talk about mule deer Mule deer, it Field is. Still judging mule deer. Uh, I, I, you know, again, with me, it's that eye um, for mass, uh, which is a lot smaller. Um, and the ears, uh, generally speaking, a, a mule deer is going to have eight and a half, nine inch wide ears. Um, I've seen them. Um, I, I knew this buck that. A friend of mine's kid was killing was 30 inches and I knew he was and and uh, when I when we walked up on him I looked at this deer and I said god how wide is he 28 and now I'm looking at his ears where his ears are sitting to his horn and his ears are you know flat out and, and he says no he's 31 and almost 32 and I god what is and you're talking, I knew he was you're talking 30 the spread. You're talking well, yeah, this, spread. Yeah, this outside I, spread. You know, so, but I'm judging by that ear to get some spread. And uh-huh. I'm looking at this, say, wow. So finally, when we got back to camp, he had it laid out to his to his buck, the dad. And I'm looking at these ears, and I says, holy, give me a tape measure. <laughs> and this mule deer buck had 11 and a half inch long ears. Yeah. That's the longest I've ever Floppy. seen. So you're, you know? so your your style, just to get specific on it. So you're taking that ear, and, and you're trying to judge his outside spread, which isn't a technically a measurement. It definitely tells you it's a big mature buck. But you're taking an ear that is about eight inches, give or take. 
yeah. and you're laying it on its side and you're trying to extrapolate Depending out that what, distance between the horns. A, a deer at alert, when you know his ears are up uh-huh. on angles, alert, 22 inches. Spread. Okay. So you that's know. another one. That's a good one. So that's a they're alert. They're t- yeah. yeah. So they're if their horns if they're are... laid flat out like a buck will do, you know, you'll see the buck when he's running away, he'll he'll turn those ears vertical and he'll turn one one way and one the other and mm-hmm. you know he's listening just like when they're laying there, and when his ears are laid flat out, you know, you're saying okay, his ears are twenty four, you know, the thickness of his head plus two ears, you know, eight inches is a little slight, but. Um, you know, you're looking at the outside of those ear tips, but you got to look at the angle of what he's standing up. So, mm-hmm. a deer to alert on those angles, 20, 22 inches. You know, 22 to me safe, but laid out flat, 24, 27 even. Good. You know, when you look at an 11 and a half inch ear, you're already at 23 just with these ears. He doesn't have to have much of a head to make, make any more. Mm-hmm. But the thing about that ear is, let's just talk length of tines. Well, you know, you want 10-inch tines is what you're, you know, 10, 11-inch tines, pretty pretty, pretty decent, right? Yeah. So you take that ear, you know, and take that ear and turn it up by that tine. Well, shit, he's, he's longer or shorter than his ear. If he's longer, you know, hey, he's got some decent, some decent tines. Yeah, okay. Spread backwards on the side, too. I mean, when you're looking at a buck, you know, how deep he is, you know, the, the two how wide those two prongs are, you know, the two points. Uh, it has a lot to do with that, too. You know, he's he's real narrow. Um, you're looking at those tines, though, the length of those tines, thickness, that eyeball. You know, wh- what do you want in a mule deer? Five and a half inches for, for mass? That's pretty, that's decent mass. Yeah, I was just going to say, when you were talking pronghorn earlier, mass is very important. Just about the opposite with the next two animals we're going to talk about, right? Time length is well, how they're really going to score, mass right? Mass is important It is. Deer. It's going to put them over the top, but yeah. you certainly, if you if you see a big, heavy, massive elk. buck with short tines, or you see a fairly narrow buck, but he's got super long tines, that buck's going to score better as far as overall it's, score, generally speaking. Yeah, you need those length of tines, and yeah. that back... Yeah, you know, especially the, that G two. Yeah, yeah. The G two is measured a lot different than the G threes, and and you know main beam is very very important. You know you get a main beam, you get a long ten inch, um, that that's got ten inch tines, and you've got a main beam that's going just as tall as those. You know you you've got a twenty six, twenty seven, even twenty eight to thirty inch. So you're looking at a you're looking at a four point broadside. Um, what you're getting at. So you're seeing how that main beam is, is coming out, coming forward, and then turning up vertical. And you're saying yeah. if that main beam is at the same height as like his G3, you're talking... Monster. G2, yeah, you're talking, yeah, he's pulling up that. That's a huge you're, you're main beam. You're talking some sure. hellacious. Yeah. Yeah. And you but can even if he's carrying up half, halfway up his Yeah, his there you go. Yeah. Take it half. You know, you're yeah. saying... And okay. even then, it's still, you know, it's still going to be a damn good... Mm-hmm. measurement there and if it's a if it's not a crazy abnormal buck i've i've read this main beam inside spread if you're just trying to calculate on the mountain trying to get an idea if, if unless he has some weird abnormality they're going to be really close right inside spread measurement and, and main beam that for a trophy i would say yeah symmetrical yeah. trophy yeah. you know you got a 25 inch main beam 
they're going to be 25 inch inside spread if they're a, a, a good symmetrical a normal, normal looking buck. shaped yeah. head yeah. yeah so that's a i mean that's one that helped me out it's like trying to figure out his inside spread i'm trying to figure out his main beam figure out one of them and the other one's probably going to be pretty close well you've got those you got 50 inches that... right there you know or you know 75 inches if he's a 25 inch main beam roughly yeah you've got those ears to, to to give you a good gauge on the yeah so the ears is a big one except for your 11 and a half inch freak <laughs> well, yeah. bloodhound it's honest i mean you know guys i have a 30 inch buck 30 inch buck a 30-inch buck is like a seven-foot basketball player, guys. Yeah, Let's admit it. I mean, there's just not true. a lot of them out there. It's true. It's just like fishing, right? Unless you know, they have, you know, this five-inch straight horizontal, well, you yeah. know, extra point. Yeah, he's a 32-inch buck. But, yeah, a 30-inch frame buck, they don't – you know, and that's what's always funny not, about it. Oh, yeah, I got a 30-inch I mean, buck on the wall. You know, no, you a don't. A lot of them have been taken, but they're, they're not around every tree. Sure. But no. a 28-inch buck, I think that's – you know, a 28-inch buck That's is a, a very, very pretty But, yeah, buck. again, a 28-inch buck with, you know, 14, 15-inch G2s and Oof. 10 to 12-inch, you know, or to, even if they're 26 or 25, I mean, I know the buck I got on the wall is 178 inches, and he's 21-and-a-half-inch inside spread. Yep. So he's got long, huge, long, long tines, you know. So well, That's where you need it. Yeah. He, he again, is. we start talking about that width. <laughs> that hunt was so freaking awesome. So how that much – um, <laughs> Okay, so we're on mule deer. What else you had? So ears. What I heard theme wise was, you know, ears is a very important ears at attention. Again, to kind of get a spread of a buck to see, you know, give you an idea of tine length and stuff. That'll give you a good starting point is twenty two to twenty four inches. If those horns are three or four inches outside of that, you're definitely yeah. Getting, we're getting so there. again, probably from a long distance away where you might not be able to really gauge an ear. Maybe, you know. He's at attention. I can see the silhouette of him. I can see his horns are going out past his ears a bit, and I can see that they're up there, you know, twice the length of their horns it's, or his ears. That's that's a well, that's one to get a closer look at. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and 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 head on, you know, not from the rear. Oh, always, yeah, they, always, they always look good from the rear. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yep, that twenty-four inch <laughs> outside spread buck looks like a thirty-incher going away. Yeah, you know, yeah. you look at. Everything's going against you. The ears Why are straight is that? up and down. Why is that? Why is that such an optical illusion? Going away. Why? Tunnel vision. Because you're looking at the, the biggest part. Their ass is, first, is closest to you. Look at, plus, generally speaking, think, of, think about the deer that run away from you. Where are their ears? They're straight up. You know? So, so now you're, well, you know, you're used to seeing them out there at attention. Now they're straight up. And you're looking at them, just not fair for you. Yeah. You know, you got to yeah. see them sideways, and you have to see them Straight dead on. on. Yeah. You got to. So, what good tips you got on Rocky Mountain elk? You know, you guys probably Hire have have seen Thomas. You know, as many as I have, <laughs> but it's the same thing. Um, yeah, exactly. Hire him, but you guys have or you the guys Marks, have seen or the Marks Brothers. You know, I haven't been fortunate enough to hunt as many elk as I have deer and sheep. And well, let's uh, then go ahead. And we'll skip past that. Let's get to because yeah, let's well, get to I, the, I, well, oh, before you cross. No, over, I think you guys oh, okay. should. What do you guys look at when well, you're looking at an elk? You want to finish with? I want to go with it now. Yeah, yeah. go with elk. Go the with one elk. thing I picked up a lot from, and this is probably true with any animal. If you are out scouting and have the time to go scout, it's not on the hunt where you have to, you know, make a call on the hunt. But if you have the time to go scout and find a good animal, 
to try to get a picture of them, really? try to get some video of them and video. go back and study. Then you can really zoom in and take pictures and compare to other animals and, and, and oh, do yeah. that. No but um, that is a big key in, in any of this is what we're talking about. That's yes, so when you're on the go. fly, hmm. yes, you got those key things but if you can do that i think is a big but big help exactly i think filming anything is and just running it back over and over again that and, and picking them apart being um just knowledgeable i guess like you're saying at the start just having the experience of you're not going to be good your first time but maybe your 30th time out just being able to oh that that deer right there's 180 oh that deer's 160 you kind of even get in the realm of what that deer looks like you can you kind of have the feel of what a deer is going to be out on the sure. hoof. So, sure. um, but those two things, just obviously experience and and being able to take pictures and film and go back and study and ask ask somebody that might know or you know have more knowledge than you, what do they think about this and send it along and and uh, but there, I mean, you talk to Trevor a lot about what things that he looks at on an elk what, are, what were some of those yeah i think just to go in reverse so yeah the, the 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 elk are way out there um you know and you can tell they have horns obviously versus the cows kind of stuff but one real quick starter is the color of that that bull elk um a light colored slight tannish kind of a color is a younger a younger bull 99.9 percent .9 of the time they have more of like an orange kind of a hue to them i'm looking at this sunset right in front of me and they kind of have this orange hue and if you go back and look at you know some of the video that i have for my hunt and you just you know anything you have of them it, it becomes even more obvious those young bucks not just or those young bulls not just their horns when you get close enough to see them but from a long ways away that color would be one way of knowing that you have a mature bull versus an immature bull because when they're long ways away they're all they're huge animals yep. you know and that body size wise until you get closer you can obviously tell that one's 200 pounds more 150 pounds more but from a long ways away you can't really tell so the hide color i would say from a distance at least will tell you there's two mature bulls and you know three or four satellite bulls or whatever so um from from the standpoint of a, a long ways away uh you know profile side view if their if their main beam if the tip of their main beam is getting back towards the back of their rib cage you're probably going to shoot them and that's no matter what that's f 52 what is that 50 plus 50 minimum plus. probably you know back of the rib cage probably 55 you know huge so same kind of thing you know if they tip their head up you know to where that that main beam's kind of horizontal and it you know it gets to maybe the the middle part of their rib cage it's a young you know put that together with the color of their hide it's a so you're buck. talking younger if they bull. do put their head kind of lay their head back oh sure sure it's, it's not with them standing straight put, pick their nose up to get yeah. a sniff yeah. something or you know have yeah. their head up sure so if they lay their hair back yeah. and that tip of that horn is back at the back of the rib cage you're thinking yeah. 50 plus yeah if you get you know if you're in a decent distance um general just because i think where you would want to start with a bull would be a main beam right i mean if they got a main beam you definitely want to get a better look so top of their front shoulder to their hoof is 55 to 60 inches obviously a huge main beam so if you can take that because a lot of field judging you'll talk to pretty much anybody we're trying to take one some part of an animal we're not trying to take a part of the tree or the sagebrush now we're trying to take part of that animal right and extrapolate it out into yeah. in, into shapes and sizes so yeah if you're seeing them from a long ways away and you can kind of get a decent view of the length of that of that front leg up to the, the top of its shoulder 
don't know if they're if that if that main beam appears to be half of that it's again another younger bull mm-hmm. you know if it's if it's a good chunk of that distance it's got a it's got somewhere around a 50 inch main beam you're going to go so um what about front beams over the past their nose curled sure, up yeah uh, sure yeah if they're if they're you know so they're first and second the what do they call them the, the bez and the trez and you know the first one's the what do they call the first one first one the first one <laughs> i can't remember right um, I'm, i've lost my mind I don't anyways, remember what yeah, you if you can said. see their second one their bez if you can see their bez out towards their nose that's definitely a, a, a good a good time length well, time length yeah, time length's tough because they got a lot of curve there's a yeah. lot of curve in them you know so um is there anything to ears on elk Ears are tough because they're small. Yeah, I think they're like five or six inches, so they're well, a tough one because you're using a lot of ears to yeah, come up little, with measurements. You know, you know? I, I just haven't had enough. Um, you know, with elk, with me, it's it's always been wow. Yeah, sure. You know, it's just that the wow factor. factor with well, them. there's you something know, you're, you're yeah, looking yeah. at. You're looking at twenty three, twenty four inch fourth, and you're yeah. looking at you know first that'll go to the front of their dang that right to the bait you know to the start of their nose and then they're turning up three or four inches sure, they're huge it, you know you're, you're looking at 20s you know in the yeah. 20s and your beds is in the 20s and the guy will look and that's massive wow he's, yeah. he's really he's really you know weak in the front but he's really got some great tops and how far is that whale tail going back sure. you know and, sure. uh, you know nevada unfortunately weak thirds has weak thirds <laughs> and a lot of weak fifths but my bull know, didn't. Some of our bulls. <laughs> no, no, actually, neither one of my bulls my, have weak thirds. Yeah. No, and my bull, you know, my big one, he, he doesn't have a weak third, or he's got he's super, got super strong five. You <laughs> he know, has fifth. nothing weak. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, he's a beautiful bull all, all together. But you don't know how mine. You know, I mean, I was, you know, he's fighting five and six bulls every day. Yeah. That when I was six days there scouting him, and I mean, you know, God, please don't break how up. Is he not but, bust up? Um, you know, so. Yeah, there's. I think with an elk, it's it's wow. a wow factor. You know, you if you don't, it, you're processing your mind so fast. My God, he's got giant fourths. Look at these fifths. Look at these thirds. You know, and those thirds. That's another thing. You know, you look at those thirds, Clint. You know, it's like your bull. They're they're dished. They're not going straight. You know, that fi- that fifth is going up. That you know, but those thirds, they're cut. A lot of curve. Yeah. You know, so they got a lot of curve and. It's really important to see him again, right? Yeah, the, the fifth's the only you, you, one you, you could get a linear measurement, sure, because it doesn't curve. But mm-hmm. there's a good, you were talking about the Magic 7s with the pronghorns. You know, what What does it take to get a 350 bull? Because that's really, you know, you get to a 350 with the way elk are scored. You know, a 350 to a 370 to a 380, you actually start really thinking about it. It's, I mean, it's obviously a 380 is not a 350, but in a way there's not a big difference because there's so many measurements yeah. you got five time length measurements but inch or two here makes a big difference but to get to it my, my perspective on bull elk changed from the standpoint of a 350 bull like a 350 bull is a massive is huge a great, bull is it's a, a great, great bull. bull and what it takes That's to a get a 350 bull, bull. 345 bull is a great bull and I mean, they really are because you, you know, actually they, kind they of are. look, look yeah. at what it takes to get there it takes a lot to get to 350 50 inch main beam so yeah, this is kind of your formula to get the uh, kind of magic 350 like the magic sevens. You got you got 50 inch main beams times it by two. You got 100. Inside spread 40. So yeah. it's 50, 40, 30. 
a big so and that's it doesn't always hold true because there's anomalies but if you have a 50 inch main beam bull it's a mature bull and then you can kind of go from there inside spreads only one measurement but if you got 40 you get one of them and how so do you we're do at, what's we're at 240 and are and you then do, are you mass. doing that off the leg though are you doing that off the cross the, the shoulder spread? yeah how, how are you determining that so I, I think that's a i think that's a good one there's there's a few other ones i'm 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 i a little out of practice reading up on them right now but there's a few other measurements that are very good to use um snout to the back of the head like you use with the antelope is a, that's actually a really good one for yeah, the tines. 20 some yeah. it's, it's i think it's like 18 inches or so it's somewhere like that's 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 a good one to use for tine length the, the leg is for you know from a distance away i think that's a good one for when you're too far away to really start breaking stuff down but the 50 40 30 is a good one 50 50 inch main beams 40 inch inside spread 30 inches of mass do your math so you're at 60 you're, that gets you to 200 i believe right 50 times 2 is 100 30 times 2 is 60 so you get you got 120 and then you add in your you got to have 15 inch average on your on your tines you, that's how you get to 350 50 40 30 15 inch average um, there's different things. I mean, you get out there, these guys, the avid elk hunters, they got all these different formulas, but you know, you take this, you try to determine the shortest time length. And again, without really crazy anomalies, but try to get the shortest time length. And then, you know, maybe it's 12, you know, you don't want anything much smaller than 12, but if you can do that, if that's the smallest one, you're probably going to average at least 15. Cause you know, if, if they have normal points from that point forward. So, and 12 is not a bad, 12 is not a bad first it's not terrible you know 14 is better but you know so um but yeah that's what so when you get if you get to 350 so if you just take that for just a second put mass aside because mass is just a couple of inches here or there but just one inch on one extra inch on each one of those tines that's 10 more inches there's mm -hmm. just 360 bull right there if you got a bull at thousand yards i don't know you gotta be pretty damn practiced to know that that's 14 and then three quarters of inches <laughs> and not 14 yeah. and that's what's crazy about it so yeah so because obviously a 370 380 bull we all know that that's a massive one nobody's ever going to pass that up it's not that much different to have a 350 bull and so i got it's like your psychology goes both ways 350 is a great bull what does it take to get to 370 well you got to get to 350 like 350 is like you got to get there first of all then you can start nitpicking them and yep. you know really an inch just think about it, an inch that's 10 that's a 360 so just an inch and a half there's your 370 bull yeah, right there you know yeah. whereas like my bull that i just killed 41 inch inside spread 41 and three quarters or something that's a really i mean he's a wide bull good i mean he could have been an awesome the same bull and really mature and he could have been 38 39 inches i only got a couple of inches out of that versus you know he just instead of having a 16 inch royal he had a 17 and a half inch royal which meant everything else you know that's how they are going to get up to 380 yeah so yeah yeah crazy and to get good at that <laughs> I, I i think um i mean it's kind of a soapbox deal here's hunters need to help hunters you know and if i know trevor would i've heard of people calling him and saying hey can i send you a picture you know if he what do you think about this bull? The Marks brothers are very, very helpful. And, uh, you know, say, I, I've not been hunting very long. I'm not very good. I want to shoot a mature bull and, and send him a picture or a video, whatever you have, and he'll, he'll be more than happy to help you out. And that's what it takes, I think, asking somebody that's more, you know, 
<laughs> well, got there's the experience there's, to, to help you out. Sure. And I just not, it's not really changing subjects, but you know, I thought where you were going with that was kind of like, you know, we're not in this to trophy hunt and uncle Mel said earlier, you know, I've got some really nice antelope on the wall. I'm not looking to, you know, I want to get something nicer than that. So in a way, I don't really like the term trophy hunter, right? Because no, it does, it brings in yeah. a, a connotation of, you it's know, I'm not. paying money and I'm going to Africa and, you know, I, you yeah, know that kind of 100%. stuff. It's not, it's really the wrong term, but it's, it's a pride thing, right? It's like, I've, I've gotten that animal before. Uh, yeah. I want to get something nicer. But what I was getting at was we had that mule deer discussion a few weeks ago. We're down to 78,000 mule deer in the state in our quote unquote trophy caliber is nowhere near what it used to be mm. and the why why that is i think there is something to say about if you if you are semi-confident in your field scoring one it's probably going to give you the drive to 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 take a nice animal a mature nice animal that ends up scoring pretty decently versus i don't have a clue about that stuff he has four points on his head i'm going to shoot him well, maybe that's why we're in the predicament we're in. So I think there's value in, if you want to call it trophy hunting, fine. But I think there's some value in learning about that because it's going to make you take the animals that we probably really should be taking. Yeah, 100%. For the sake like, of know, the herd, you know? It's like it's like a bull elk. It's a, we'll relate the same thing to, to mule deer. You know, a mule deer is six years old, you know. Some people want to argue five, I'm going to say six. But where's a bull at when he's finally mature? He's nine, ten yeah, years old. Yeah, I was say ten. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's putting that, he's putting everything he has, eight to ten, you know. Takes a little bit longer for those. And, and that's why, you know, you, we have to have less tags so that these animals can mature and get to that ripe old age of six for a mule deer, mm. 10 for a, a bull and, you know, yeah. whatever it takes. But yeah. antelope's a little different. You know, down in New Mexico, Arizona, you're talking a two and a half year old animal that's, that's you know, world record, three and a half. Here in Nevada, you're talking about a four year old. I mean, so they're, they're hitting it a lot earlier in life, but they don't live as long either. Yeah, you different know, antelope kind of an aren't animal. living. They run hot. Mule deer aren't living <laughs> as long as the elk are, and and antelope, you know, they're they got a pretty short lifespan. So, are elk or are sheep the easiest in your opinion to score, or the where they where do they rank on the four we've done? I, I don't know what would be the easiest. You don't. And the thing we all have to understand is just a guess, and and the more you see, that the more you learn what you're looking for, what you want to look for. Um, and this is where the mini heads can kill you. You know, when we call them mini heads, because they are miniature. But when you're looking at him by himself, nothing else around. And you know what? What Tonopah is known for? Uh, you know, they are mini heads. And uh, uh, you got to be very, very careful. You know, where, where they're. I've only seen one in 181. One mini head. The, the whole time that I've been hunting it, but we did have that one. But you know, no. Is this is this? Are we talking about all species of of rams? Or are we talking specifically deserts? Does this go out to all of them? No, they have them in California. They have. Okay, them in so Rockies. this is this goes through them. Okay, so yeah, they'll have. And a mini head. To, I mean, for us novices, what define a mini head? Is that they say they have a normal sized body and they just happen to no, have a small head? No, they're miniature too. Their so body's just, small. Everything is just 
scaled down. So a mini head is just a small bodied, which is kind of funny because our, our friend Kent, you know, he hunts this, this northern Washoe area for pronghorn antelope, and he always talks about how these are all big horse heads. You're all built. So if you have a, if you, whatever you think he is, he's probably a little bit bigger because they just seem to have big heads. But, anyways, oh, I yeah, He's talking about cowies? Or is he talking about antelope? And, pronghorns, yeah. Oh, Especially, pronghorns. you know, kind of this, this Pyramid Lake area and stuff. He's yeah, said that a lot. So it's kind of a. But, okay, so back to. Is, so that, a, gen, is that a genetic thing or, or a one off every now and again? I think, or? I think it's a genetic thing, of course, because when you're talking about the Monte Cristos and, the, and Lone Mountain and the Silver Peaks, you know, you're you're going to see those type of animals. And, the, and now you got 15 mini standing you know, all together. Is, is, know. It, is it nutrition? No, I think it's just, I think it's flat genetics, you know. It's like a lot of people will argue that the Sierra Bighorn is just an Elsinai. But when you look at their horns and they're mature animals, they all look banana horn. They're flared out. They never box in like a like a desert does. So that's why they're classified as, as a Sierra bighorn. And their horn structure is different. Hmm. You look at, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's tough when I go hunt Rockies because their body's so big, their neck is so thick. And, you know, I'm looking at this, say, God, he's 14 and a half inch bases. And you go major, he's 16, you know, what the hell, you know I mean? But, but it, you know, you're used, I'm used to looking at deserts. Yeah. So, so know, what, you what is that generally? Head. What, what, if you, what, yeah. how much does a mature Rocky Mountain weigh, body, over, on the hoof? Over 300. They're big, thick, big heavy animals. Big, animals. In a, in a desert, <laughs> you throw them on your shoulder. Well, sometimes. I mean, they seem, but they're, how much they weigh on the hoof? Half well, that? you, you know, the, the ones we planted out here, uh, that we got down in Vegas, that, at the park, um, little Mel they called him because he was two twenty live weight, oh. and he was three years old. Um, so, the bears one year we measured, we weighed all the ewes when we before we captured them, and we had ewes. Of course, now we're, we're capturing. Uh, that was December January time frame. No, as a matter of fact, it was before the season. It was November. Um, uh, we had a ewe that weighed 168 pounds. So that, that you know, for it just seems, wow, they can't be that big. But, I mean, I, I think you're looking at 180 average on a, you know, a live ram that we've captured. Okay. I think that'd be a pretty good average. Oh, no. And most of that is head weight? <laughs> a good 30% of it. 30%. Yeah, on, on a mature ram. So sure. we're talking the Californias. Let's just go with that for now. What is... Your measurements. Why the Californias? Do you mean Nelsons? At, you know, oh. Callies are, are like similar to Rockies. Um, generally, you're going to be looking at a tight curled animal. And again, that's where when I was talking about the baseball, the softball, the volleyball, you know, what can I stick inside of that tight curl? Just how tight is oh, it? Oh, so you're not talking, the, okay, you're talking the curl. See, I misunderstood you there. Yeah, so I'm talking, when you're looking at him, He's doing the space this. In He's curling the up. Curl. And how big a space do you have from the front of the back horn to the you know inside to inside of yeah. those? So yeah, you're yeah, looking yeah. at you're looking at that, and you're kind of gauging. Well, man, you know he's as, he's he's as big as a volleyball in there, 
and he's still breaking the bridge of his nose. Okay. You, know, you you've got it. You know, you've got a trophy class animal. Well, so, so what's a good, t- so a what's good the horn length on it? We're talking, you're, you're field judging length of horn here, right? And base. Yeah, you're, you're, looking at, you're looking at that. But, I mean, you know, when you're looking at Rockies and, and, and you're looking at 200, 190, 200-inch rams, you're talking 40-inch horns, you know, 40, 42. So I'm still, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. You're, so let's say, let's pick the middle one. You said baseball, so, so a softball will fit inside of that curl. So right. that would be the inside diameter of that horn. Obviously, there's the outside diameter right. of the horn. You're but what is that, that telling inside. you? A softball fits inside of and, that and then, horn. And then, look where, and then look where he's. First of all, when you look at a ram on a profile, look at his nose and look at the slope of his horn. So if that, if that horn is coming off of his head on the same slope that his nose to his eye is making... Okay, so he's sloping that way. Okay. Well, now, when you get a ram, and, and a lot of Rockies will do this, and deserts also, but you want those going vertical now, okay? The top of the horn coming out of the skull. Yeah, when he's coming out of his skull, you want it more vertical to the plane of what his nose is. Yeah, that makes sense. And then, yeah. and then you look how far back he goes. Uh-huh. So now you're looking at, when you're, when you're looking at that, you're looking at the back of his ears to the inside of his horn where it's curling back under. See, so what that's gonna give you is three or four inches of length versus one that's just sloping with his, and going back the same. Same angle. If he's sloping the same as his nose, then now, now then you look at where the end of his horn is, is hitting his muzzle. So, if he's getting, if he's vertical, okay, and and he's going a good distance back behind his ears where you can get that softball in there, and the tip of his horn is touching the white, the white of his muzzle, it's shoot time. What? Which is what? What, what, at, what is it? Yeah, what what's is the it? base? Pro- what on, is your base? Desert, first you're probably looking at 37 inches minimum yeah. for, for that animal to get all the way up back behind and the tips of his horns are out there by his white of his muzzle. So he could be 37 nose. pushing 40 he's, inches. He's, he's 37. So you, pretty it, rare, but 37. How are you scoring? What's the score of a ram? The the base and length is that it? Or no. do you get four measurements? Four. Four, four, measurement. four measurements. So it's the length of the longest horn divided by 4. So same as same an antelope. antelope. Same okay. thing except for he ain't got prongs. Okay. There you go. Yeah, so you, so you, I, I understand exactly what's saying. And what do you get the measurement of the thickness of? Well, a lot of guys, it's the same thing to me. It, it's that ear, um, and just turn that ear sideways. When you're looking at a sheep, you're looking at a lot smaller ear now. Four, four and a half inches is all you're looking yeah, at. Yeah, tiny ear. Pretty small ear, but. So are you using? There's a couple s- different things that you're using. Um, are you using the ear? So, so we're looking at a profile view. He's vertical coming out of the skull on the top of his horn. He's coming around to his muzzle. You can fit a softball inside of him. That's obviously that's that's the top end kind of stuff. So yeah, you're, and you're this guy. You're going to be able to put a volleyball in because he's he's laying flat along his. You know, he's not breaking the bridge of his nose. All he's doing is flattening out 
and okay. hitting that muzzle out there. Okay, I got what you're saying. Okay, now, now you can move from taking that length of horn. You can take that ear, which you said is about five inches, four and a half. So it's a tiny max. ear. Can you? Are you using that ear as far as like again profile view just to see how thick? Can you take that and look at the thickness of sure. its base? That's, that can, that's what is that, that's what you're that using. With. Because if he's, you're, if he's, you're using the you want to be mass. plus ear, right? You want to be ear plus some, right? Yes. Because yes. what's a good base? What's a what's a what's 15, a good? Fifteen inches is a real good base. That's that's above average. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Sixteen's getting trophy trophy. Yeah, fifteen. So fifteen. So you want to have what? You you just need an ear plus because you obviously you're doubling that kind of like the antelope horn, right? You got to use the circumference. Mm-hmm. If you get him straight on, you can use the ear to see that part and of how his round he roundness. Because obviously, if he's five all the way around, as far as your, I mean, he's huge. He's he, gonna get there. That's twenty. So I mean, yeah. So if, if if so, just from a profile view, if you take that ear and you can lay that ear along the thickness of the base of his horn, what do you what do you figure in his base is? What you can see in your in your spot and scope. To be honest as, with you, the, mostly. Mostly what it is, is knowing what area you're in and what bases, what are the average bases in there. So there's the local knowledge so, of this, yeah, the you, time out in the field. You know, you know, in this unit, you know, the muddies is the toughest, you know, the blacks. Um, you can have 12 and a half to 16. So it's one of them places, but. On the bases. On the bases, yeah. And then, and then to be very, very conservative, I use a one three five, so I'm gonna I'm gonna look at that ammo. I'm gonna say, okay, he's 34. Um, he might be 35. I'm gonna count him at 34. If I hit 34 and a half, fine, okay. But then I'm gonna use one three five. So 14 on the base, 13 on the second, 11, and 10. One three five. So I'm taking an inch off for the first quarter, three inches off for the second. And that's who's going to get and it. that three inches. And that just last again, quarter. that might be regional, but you're just that's what you generally that's see. That's very see conservative. Him. What you're going to find is that's pretty conservative on a on a ram that packs his mass. Um, He's I've only going to lose an inch on his first measurement from his bases. Uh, yeah, and yeah. really, you don't you don't even want an inch. Usually, you're only going to have a half. So that's all you're going to have. Same. But okay. you've already. Now you've compensated. So you've I think at that's least why it's conservative. conservative. Yeah. One, yeah. Three, five. One, three, five. A lot of people use it, but it's probably more like a half, inch and a half. And the last one, you know, you get 11 inch thirds or, or you know, fourth base, first, second, third. Uh-huh. So um, th- that is a heavy, heavy, heavy. 11. Amp. He's carrying you know, that mass way out there. That's got some mass. Do, and, do they. They always taper off. I mean, do you ever see? I was just, you know, animals I'm more familiar with the the second measurement versus the, you know, your bases. It should it should grow a little bit, right? Well, you know, you know, and I didn't time, mention this. I, I think we need to mention this during with antelope. Your base measurement on a big antelope, generally speaking, is smaller than its first quarter yeah. measurement, which. Which I learned from the taxidermist that you know, <laughs> and I wanted you to ask you that as kind of a closer, which I'll I'll save that because I wanted you to finish this, uh, finish this this bighorn sheep. So we're we're at we're at the ear for Matt. So I like that one three five. So if he's 15, 14, 
three off 12. So 15, 14, 10. 29, 30, well, 41, and you, 10. He's 51. If he carries that on both sides. Plus 34 right, on your so weight. So he's 102. Now he's 85 times two is 170. So, yeah. I'm just trying to do the math in my head real quick. That's 100. <laughs> that's a big ram. Yeah, that's oh, a big ram. That's a giant. Which is, and then it gets down into, you know, well, now we're 168 or 172 well, or, you know, little yeah, things how, here and there. But, I mean, a 135 is, is you know. That's a good one. It is conservative. I mean, it is. I, you know, you, you're generally going to be a lot more. Your 15-inch bases. Um, you know, your second measurement's probably going to be 14 and a half, 14 and five, you know, so you're, you're, you're compensating for that. The length, mm-hmm. the length is the one. I mean, it's, it's, um, it, you know, what saddle blankets, man, how many are you going to look at? You know, it's yeah. just, that's going to be a lot better horse, but you, you know, you're now that I know about, you know, one going straight up, one's going semi. You know, and one yeah. with the slope of his nose. Um, with me now, honestly, guys, I'm looking, I'm looking at a a slope, a sloped ram horn, a lot harder than I will one that goes straight up. You know, it's just, you know, some and and a lot maybe, of it, maybe it's you just think luck. they're they're just harder to score. You just got to really look well, at them. Well, I more. I pick them apart because I I really want you know that length to me is important. Uh-huh. You know, like. Last year at the Fallon NBU, we, we, you know, they have the the sheep there to score, and you pay five bucks, and and so there was I think five of us that hit the first ram, you know, um, he was one sixty five, you know, clean one sixty five zero. Then they put one up, and you're looking at these from the other side of the room, and because it doesn't do you any good to close because the walls close them up. Then the next ram they put up. Um, the the girl who hit it 165, she put this ram at 180, and I went to find her because I was going to tell her what you know what I thought this ram scored. I said, look, you know, so I wanted her to win it. But anyway, I went and talked to her and I said, well, where'd you put the the other ram? She says 180, and I says, what? I, you think the the second ram was bigger than the first one? And she goes, yeah. And I says, well, it's 15 inches smaller. She goes, what? So, you know, it was. So, you know, I, I got the top prize and I got $200 worth of raffle tickets and it didn't win me anything. But it was fun, you know, judging those animals. Just uh, out of curiosity, the, obviously she semi-knew what she was doing. So no, which, she, the, out of those, the one, was ram was, one ram was 15 inches bigger than the other. One was a 165 and the other was a 150. Was the, which one was more vertical coming out of the skull just for one? Which one? Was the bigger one more vertical or more sloped? You know, I can't tell you because they only gave me the one view straight mm-hmm. on. Okay. So, it was a pretty, so there's not you know, a hard, a fast bit, rule on that. A little bit at an angle. You didn't get, you didn't get everything you needed. You know, I mean, it was a tough, it was a tough score. I just got lucky and put it on. But I mean, where, um, how old are you? I mean, what, what's the where are you getting that? You know, one sixty five, one seventy. Can they? What are they? How old is a sheep at that age, at that size? I mean, can they be a three-year-old or is it a ten-year-old? The are... biggest ram I've seen was Little Mel. Again, that's what they called him. But um, he, he was just now laying. He, he, you could not see his three-year ring. Wow. You could not see it. He was 38 inches long and scored 148 and 6 eighths. And he wasn't even three years old. So now this, this ram is a potential 180 ram. What happened to him? 
He died of old age out here at, at Mustang where we planted him. He died of old age. What did he end up? You guys watched him. Did he, what did he grow to? Uh, you know, I've got biggest? a picture in my phone. You got, we, we never found him, but I, uh, I got a picture of him when he so was. So he had to have grown big, right, uh, if he was that big or young? Oh, he was, had, he was, he was a monster. Hmm. You know, I mean, he was, he was a monster. Interesting. Um, a lot of rams, clay, are, are big rams are five and six years old. I mean, big ones. They just, you know, they got to be like antelope in a way, right? Five, they six, seven. They live to be ten. Very rare. Average was nine back in the day when we were able to hunt them. It was nine years old. That's the average ram. On Steve, oh, yeah. Steve Field killed one. It was thirteen. So they can every species. The four of them here. We have three: California, Rocky, Desert. The three of them here. I guess. We might have the Sierra Bighorn sometimes in Nevada. Do they all, the, practically, they're all on average about that? All three of those are around the same age group on lifespan? No, I think Rocky is a, is a little later. I, would I think, think, I would think just, older. I don't know, just the terrain the deserts live in. I, I would imagine like antelope, they run hot. They, yeah. you know, they're more maybe a prone yeah, to drought and disease. And, yeah, I mean, but we do have some surprisingly old desert sheep. I mean, um, we knew a ewe that was because she had a, a, a you know, an ear tag. Um, she completely left the mountain where we planted her, and she ended up in the Excelsiors in 206. And we found her. Uh, Andy Stinson did, and he traced back the the ear tag, and she was planted in a year, and I think her age, I think she was a lamb that year, and it was 17 years old. Oh, yeah. And when I told Jim Jeffers, one of the old biologists that you guys remember, um, he had one that was a California sheep in the Jacksons that was 19 years old, and she had a lamb on her that year. Hmm. So you know, can yeah, live you a long time. There's always outliers. Sure, yeah. you have them. I mean, like like I said before, Steve's Steve Field's ram was 13. Um, they just had a couple rams. I think the one just two years ago, I think they aged him at 15. Hmm. Um, so they, they, they're, but you know what? It's just like we talk about, it's averages. It's it's low yeah. and high. Yeah. So what so what'd you want to ask him to finalize? Real quick before that, oh. one, one of the <laughs> unique to me is the whole idea, the broomed, the broomed aspect. You know, it's it, it's unique from the standpoint of that really isn't something that you factor in with any of these other animals we talk about. There's, you know, you could have this massive, I mean, we could go into this one horn tag that's out there now and all that stuff. But just generally, you know, these these fighters and whatever they're doing, they could broom off some of their horn, and it's actually hurting them from a score standpoint. They could be massive, but they could lose, you know, a couple actually, inches. Of, actually, of, generally speaking, it's helping them. It's because they're packing in more mass? Right. It's the mass. that They're getting rid of the thinnest part of the horn that's okay. giving you the length. And, that, you know, you could take some rams, you know, that have lamb tips. And, and just cut it off. Now, instead of you're, you're taking your quarter measurements. Oh, at, I got you. I at, got you. You know, yep. instead of nine inches. Thicker spots. Yeah. Now you're taking them four inches left. So, you know, you're taking them at eight inches. Wh- wh- so why you're going to be pushed in the mass. Why do they broom them off? I don't. Even, there, you... There's two things that biologists say. And one is because of eyesight. So uh. if that tip gets up there they can't see across especially thin horns you know your dolls and your and your stones your fannins 
Um, and then uh, the biologist in Russia told me that it was because of eat, eating. When they, they eat, get those down. tips get in the way. Yeah. It's survival. So it's definitely Mother Nature. And, and yeah. could it just be habit because they've seen the other guy doing it? You know, well, he's rubbing on the rock. Why don't I go rub on the yeah. rock? Yeah, out of necessity. So, yeah. I just, yeah, on the, on the antelope, I don't, is there a drying period? My leading part of my question, is there a drying period on, on sheep? Same, so 60 the, days for everything. Okay, so those are the two animals. I've always thought, you know, because it's interesting, you know, as far as cheating, we alluded to earlier about how on a, on a pronghorn antelope, the second measurement should be he- bigger, you know. Should be, or at bigger, least the same. Yeah, than the bases. Yeah. They swell a bit. So one one easy way a taxidermist knows somebody come in and they they pack a bunch of bondo into the horn to to you know mess with the measurement because you could measure them in the field green score these two species of animals, but you've got to wait a period of time for them to dry out to get your official score. You don't have to do that with a mule deer. You, know, you don't have to do that with a with a, with an elk. So it's kind of well, you have to have, wait the sixty days. But they don't shrink like this, and well, I know it's it's biology yeah, has got different not, stuff. They're not horns; they're antlers. They're yeah. They're they're a fingernail, aren't they? <laughs> well, no, I mean well, as far as a as far as a the bighorn sheep and a and a and an antelope, they're horns. Yeah, horns. Or an elk and a deer is an yeah, antler. Antler, sure. That and there's your difference. Different. Yeah, there's your difference. Made but, different. But you know that so that idea of them cheating, that's how they baby. cheat that, right? They stuff that bondo up in there, and they got eight inch bases, and they got seven inch seconds. It's like uh, something they did something wrong. Something wrong. Yeah, they cheated, it, that, and that's so. why that that's that's what really turns these scores on when they see that. They know you can. They know you can get that hot, get it wet, and they know you can put it in there, you know, to, to expand it some. But they they measure that base, and let's just say it's eight inches. Then they go to the first quarter, and they say it's seven. Yeah, we're gonna start taking a look at this. Off, yeah. you know, what did you do to this thing? Yeah. And yeah. a year or two down the road. It's just a cracked up mess on the base. You can, yep. So you can always see what down the road yeah, it's going to show eventually. Uh, I just know, yeah. So that was kind of my question. My question was just my my thought was the antler versus the horn starts to tell you. But why why with we have a waiting period and everything. But what happens there? Why why do they sh- they can shrink quite a bit? Sure, they can. They can shrink a lot. Yes. Um, but look I've, at, just, look I've at been the way. curious as to why that why that is, and you know how long that's has it always been that way, as far as you know. Yeah, days. and the reason why they used to call them safaris, right? But you know, let let's go 1930, and let's go sheep hunting in British Columbia, Alaska. How did you get in and out? You were horseback, so it sometimes you shot the sheep a month ago. Yeah. So I think that's why they put that, and that's, that period on there. That's what I was getting at. I've I've read that before. That that's actually that's pretty. I mean that's fascinating. Like that's way back in the day. Way you know, that's how long yeah. horse drawn carriage and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Then that Look was the way they, they were to able to it. kind of equalize or you know yeah. make uh, it fair. You know, you know if it, you is it fair? No. I I think you should give all the just to the animal myself. So just a real quick story should we on update? Animal. Should we update that in a way? I mean, because we can. We, we we're not we're not. It doesn't I, I take a month for us so. to get back I mean, out of the country. You know. Now let it go. I, I don't think so. We've New done record it, books we've done and it all forever rest, anyway. So, yeah. We don't need to change. Yeah. Interesting. But what happened? You know what happened to the to the world record antelope? He went to a show. Okay, and. When he was going, when the guy was in the airport, he took him back through the luggage. And the detector went off, the metal detector. Uh. So 
there's some guy standing there. So they want to know why that thing was setting off the, was setting it off. So they x-rayed him. And, and the taxidermist, all he did was put him back to his original measurements. So he put fillers in there, and he used nails to set it. And he made his horn, but he put this animal back to its original measurements. It was thrown out. Yeah. It was thrown out. And he did that because it's something they what happened? What, they, they dropped wanted, it? They, they, they wanted mean, to put him back to what he looked like, you know, what he was originally killed because he shrunk that much. Gotcha. Gotcha. He right. shrunk down to, yeah. I mean, it was, it, you know, Google it on your phone and, and look at the x ray to see what, how much they actually added into him. Hmm. It's tremendous. So they wanted to recreate the animal. Yeah, they yeah. wanted to As put him where he it, was. Which, whatever. Yep. All right. Well, that's a lot of good info. Hopefully, you guys picked up something out there. And uh, it's all you, a guess. It's all a guess. <laughs> if you have any questions, write into us and we'll try to help you out as best we can or get the right answer for you. And uh, if you have any little tricks or trades that you have learned over the, the years out hunting, write in. Let us know how you score animals. That'll be help everybody out. So, uh, thanks again. I'm sure you'll be back. It was good talk to be about, here. Talk about some other stuff. Yes, yeah, so and hopefully good. we'll be able to talk about our new governor. We got to go we're vote. Be I'm doing... headed to vote right now. Yeah, it's voting day. Got to go. I done voted, man. I didn't have time this today, but I'm headed there right now. Then coming right back for dinner. I done voted. All right. See ya. All right. See you guys. the whole